welcome everybody to the In Off the Bench podcast. Daniel is off fighting Hurricane Ian, so I am Jim Cross and I will be your host tonight. This is episode 17 titled, I'm Back Y'all, and that's because we are joined by Tennessee pitcher Hamden Sewell, who's back for one last ride. But let's not waste any more time and let's get into the biggest interview in podcasting this week with our man, Hamden Sewell. Camden, my man, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, man, we're doing good, man. It's always good to talk to Tennessee baseball players. Uh, you know, me and you were just talking before the episode. Y'all are legit. Y'all are real dudes. I think, uh, I think, man, y'all are fun to watch, and y'all got great character. I mean, y'all are product of the Tony Vitello system. I mean, what's, what's <laughs> not to like? And, uh, and so with that, man, I want to ask you, before we get into your story, before we talk baseball, you know, um, thinking about Tony V and the pictures that Drew Beam was posting this weekend, let's talk about Tennessee football in this past weekend with game day. Were you at the game? I was. Yeah, that was electric, to say were, the least. Were you, I was trying to figure out, um, were you in any of those pictures with the Tony V uh, <laughs> pictures? Uh. No, unfortunately, uh, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, man, you didn't want to get famous with the rest of them? Right, I should have. I should have took that chance of getting in the the post. I did not know. See, I saw when Drew posted that he was looking for somebody to make a sign that he was going to make one, and I was hoping he'd actually uh, make the one with Evan Russell wearing the Florida Gators helmet as a sign. Um, but I did not expect the Tony V, uh, you know, underwear ad type deal. Like uh, that, that's legit. And the fact that y'all's coach loves it, like. Right. That's right, what yeah, I didn't right. expect that either. I was expecting the Florida ham, the Florida helmets also. So when I saw that, I was a little shocked, and I was like, huh, "That's a little better." <laughs> Man, it's just it's just fun with the Tennessee Florida rivalry, and with y'all sweeping them in baseball, with y'all beating them in football, with y'all beating them in basketball when they see championship. It's just fun times in Tennessee right now because if you don't win a championship, the next best thing is always making sure you dominate Florida. So like, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But yeah, the college game day atmosphere is electric. I'm glad you got to at least be out there. Next time, make make yourself seen, though, man. You gotta let people know you're there. Right, I need to. I need to. I need to do a better job with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Drew took enough spotlight for everybody, but uh, you know, <laughs> let's get into it, man. Uh, Camden, where are you from? I'm from Cleveland, Tennessee, and that's on the east side, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's like 20 minutes outside of Chattanooga. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So uh, up there towards the mountains. So, you know, as far as growing up, man, uh, tell me about the family dynamics. You got siblings. What's it what's it look like? Yeah, I got two brothers and uh, a sister and I'm the third. I'm the second youngest of the four. I got you. And so when we got a lot of siblings, you know, the thing we like to ask is, you know, are they athletes and was it competitive around the house? Yeah, uh, my brothers didn't play past high school, but it was always competitive around the house 24-7 leading into even video games. And you know how it gets with anything you do, even ping pong, everything is competitive. So there was a lot of a lot of fights, but also a lot of memories made along the way. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, my, my sister's nine years older than me, so luckily I didn't have to fight as much. Uh, I just annoyed the, the hell out of her. And then later on in life, she ended up being like, you know, my best friend because she was so much older and she she always made sure to keep me out of trouble. So I didn't have to deal with that as much. And as from a competitive standpoint, I was the athlete. So me and her didn't go back and forth. But with that, like, um, you know, were you the clear cut best athlete in the family? What's what's up? <laughs> uh they, they might not like my answer, but I'd have to say so. <laughs> it's no, it's the only answer. Look, when we have when we have folks come on here and they're like, oh, my sister or my dad or my brother it's like, no, like like my favorite was always Cameron James. He was so blunt and direct. He came. He said me and his whole family is athletes, college, professional, everything. But no, it, it was him. So, yeah, you right, yeah, my my dad's uh, actually in the Hall of Fame for baseball at Tennessee Wesleyan. So I got a little ways to go to meet that milestone. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him a little yeah. bit right now. So, yeah. So he might be the one that might have a beef for for real with you saying that. So <laughs> exactly. So with that, with him having that background, you know, um, when do you start baseball? And is it one of those things that you wanted to do on your own because you wanted to be like dad? Or is it one of them things that dad kind of got you into? Yeah, I would say a little bit of both. They, I hear stories all the time of, like, some kids like to play with Legos or different things like that. And my thing was just always, like, my first word apparently was ball. And I just always had a bat or a ball, some type of ball in my hand, throwing it, swinging a bat, anything like that. So I think it started at a young age and just kind of developed through his passion of the game. And I just kind of followed his – kind of his – footsteps and he was my coach all the way basically until high school really yeah uh it's it's unique because my son is a is, it's different he's a fan he actually doesn't like to play but he loves to go as a matter of fact I and I didn't tell you this beforehand because I wanted to tell you on the episode he's actually got an autograph uh ball from you from the Shriners Classic uh in uh in Minime Park so like he goes he goes to all the games with me he loves to watch, but he just – he don't want to play, man. And so it's the weirdest thing. But, hey, I got somebody to hang out with me, watch the game. So, I mean, it could be worse, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, growing up, you know, you talk about, you know, your dad, uh, you know, working with you and everything. You know, I see you play travel ball. You had a lot of success, you know, um, a lot of tournament teams, a lot of, you know, perfect game accolades. You know, just talk to me about – um, travel ball and how it helps you get that competitive edge, develop uh, as a pitcher, all that. Yeah, so travel ball for me was kind of like I – th I think it was like more valuable to me just because you're playing against the best talent across the country rather than high school ball, for example. My area, to say the least, wasn't that very – wasn't that good at baseball. So it wasn't like – it wasn't as much to prove versus playing against the best players in the country. So I always thrived off the competition of playing against the best and traveling and doing all that aspect. And travel ball also kind of prepares you for college with traveling and stuff because you're not just the homebody all the time. Yeah, no, I mean, there aren't just really too many areas where – school ball is you know like for instance in my area you're probably familiar uh DeSoto Central's where Austin Riley Cameron James you know all of them came from um I go to their games they beat you know the local teams 20 to nothing like you're not getting you're not getting anything no. there so, no. <laughs> so you got to play travel and they all go play for whatever team across the country so yeah that's where you develop um you know, and so with that, man, uh, what was it like getting that experience, um, just getting to travel around? Um, you, you said you played – is there anybody, like, noteworthy that, like, you remember facing against? Oof. Trying to 
I remember pitching. This was, I think, either my junior or senior year in high school in travel ball. And I remember just pitching. I was pitching in relief in a game against Kumar's team. Mm. And that was when he was – still he is Kumar, but that's when, like, I'm talking behind the – behind the uh, seat the seats behind home plate were just every gun you could imagine was sitting up there and it was just like at that point it was just like woof like that's pretty cool to see so that would be probably the I'm trying to think if there's a a hitter that I faced that just sticks out the top of my head but I can't I remember Kumar very vividly yeah, uh, a funny moment that, like, relates to that. Uh, you, you're probably familiar with Hunter Elliott from Ole Miss and then Brady mm-hmm. Tiger from Arkansas. So mm-hmm. watch them go head-to-head, and there was eight, you know, pro scouts there with the guns, and they actually gave a show, man, 29 strikeouts between the two mm-hmm. of them, one hit, two walks. Everything you could want, right? <laughs> these, these, these two dudes come off, though, man, Brady's reliever comes in. He walks the first three batters. They pull him. The next guy comes in second pitch, spikes the ball. Guy comes in or whatever. So, like, I went from watching, like, the most electric, you know, fiercest competition to, like and, – and that's what you get sometimes. But uh, That's how baseball can be, a crazy turn of events. Right. But, like, uh, you know, some guys, you know, because you mentioned Kumar, like, some guys will remember they beat somebody before they became a little bit bigger than that. And they always want to hold that, you know, that moment. They're like, I beat, you know, so-and-so before beforehand. But, um, you know, as far as high school, even though it wasn't as big as club, you know, where did you go? I went to Cleveland High School. All right. And so I see there you threw uh, 92.2 innings, uh, you know, allowing 44 hits and 10 earned runs. 142 strikeouts during your junior and senior seasons, averaging 14.8 strikeouts per seven innings, um, which, you know, had you ranked as the number four overall prospect, the number two right-handed pitcher in the state of Tennessee. Um, So as far as high school ball, you know, like I said, doesn't have everything that club, but, you know, what was your favorite uh, part about it or maybe even maybe a favorite moment or game that really just sticks out from high school? Yeah, so I'd say probably my favorite, thing about it was I have some lifelong friends from that team so it's just more than baseball for the high school aspect of it but uh I'd say my favorite moment was just I have two of them I'd say so being a pitcher now is kind of funny but in like one of our district tournaments I had a walk-off hit so that was just something I clinged on to because I don't take pride in the hitter aspect of the game but that's a good little story backstory and then my I'm trying to think. So we had a – our middle school – I went to Cleveland Middle School. And Okoe Middle School, everybody basically went to the Walker Valley, which was one of our rivals in high school. And we didn't beat them one time from my years in middle school all the way to my senior year of high school. And we finally beat them one time. So that was probably just, like, the favorite moment, just to see everyone just, like, beat the guys you always grew up playing against. and Because at that point, we hadn't done it. So, I mean, with you having that walk-off hit, you could pull, like, a Todd Peterson moment, you know. You, you <laughs> exactly. You go tell Tony V, like, man, I hit in high school. I hit, I dropped bombs. Like, Yeah, that's the most legendary video ever. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see you do it now. I need to see you pitch hit at some point uh, this yeah. season. Let's get it. We got, we got an agreement in place. If we get up by 17 in a game, I think I get to, I get to step in the box. So, we got to make that happen. 17, that's a lot. But, hey, like, yeah. I mean, one of the few teams in the country I believe can do it. There's no doubt. <laughs> so, so, you know, 
club, high school, at what point do you start having colleges reach out to you? So, yeah, I actually committed relatively early. Uh, I committed going into my sophomore year of high school. And it was kind of, for me, it was kind of just like a quick turn of events. It was like nothing. And then I went to one showcase. And then it was like within two weeks or three weeks or something, I had basically got a bunch of teams interested. And then I I got hurt and my velo went down. So some teams backed off. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee was actually one of the teams that backed off. And they were like, we need to see this, this, and this from you. And I was down in Fort Myers. And once I finally got back up to the velocity that they were wanting to see, they pretty much offered me the next weekend and I basically committed on site. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you can't blame them for, for, you know, backing off. Cause you know, you only got so many of these scholarships you can offer you obviously no 11.7, you only spread it around. And if you're hurt, you know, if, if you ain't got it no more, Hey, you, you gotta, you gotta be cautious. But my, uh, right. you know, my question for you would be because you were recruited pre Tony V and then obviously he's going to be the the coach when you were coming in did that change anything for you or it didn't matter you wanted to go to Tennessee yeah no it didn't it didn't matter that much to me to be honest because I loved the place I loved the campus and I thought if the right like at that point I knew they were going through a coaching change and I was like hey if they get the right guy which they did uh this place could be pretty special and that's what kind of drove me the right way because I think a lot of times if you commit to coaching staffs then you can be in some trouble if they take another job or vice versa. Like, I think it's more important, in my opinion, to pick the school versus the coaching staff because you never yeah. know what's going to happen with them. And yeah. my little story is a little, little different, too, because I actually despised Tennessee growing up. I was one of the only people in my family, me and my dad. Actually, I, I obviously made him move over to the other side, but we were Florida fans. Like, dying Oh, no. Up. Yeah. So the Gator Killer was a Florida fan. Yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> that's the cool story about all that. <laughs> we're we're going to get into that here in a minute. But like, oh, man, I'm actually glad Randy's not here. He would have said, let's cut this episode. Um, you know, a funny thing, Camden, um, that, that anybody who follows the podcast knows um, we have had somebody you know we we do all sports but we mainly do baseball we have had somebody from every team in the sec but florida and vanderbilt and that is strategic we don't root for either of them uh we hate both of them and so like we have not tried and we don't care and so you tell me you're a florida fan kind of hurts a little bit especially because you know if you look if you look yourself up you know people like i said you're, you're kind of labeled the gator killer so that kind of makes that awfully ironic yeah, no, it's it's kind of crazy to think about, but as they'd say, it's not where you start, it's where you finish, right? Absolutely. So, you know, with you being from East Tennessee and then going to Tennessee, um, regardless of how you felt growing up, like, um, you know, was it, did you have nerves going to school or was it because it was so close to home, it just, it didn't feel too, like too much of a big deal? Yeah, I think it's, I had a little bit of nerves and I think that's normal. Uh, new environment, a lot of, you feel a lot of pressure coming in to a new school and being a freshman like there's a lot of things like you want to prove that hey you can hang with these guys you can the older guys are like looking at you and like you kind of just want to prove yourself so I think the nerves kind of like I think it's all about how you control them though if you put them in the right direction I think it it works in your favor but if you let them affect you then that's when kind of a lot of the mental aspect of everything kicks in negatively 
Absolutely. Well, apparently, you know, you did just fine because, you know, freshman season posted a 4-1 and record with a 2.18 ERA, 43 strikeouts through 45 innings of work. You made 20 appearances, five starts, you know, like – Talk to me the freshman year. You said you want to go in and make an impact, um, and you did make an immediate impact. You know, so how did it feel to to be a key member? You know, obviously it talks about the starts, but definitely out of the bullpen, um, just right out the gate. Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was a fun experience for sure. Uh, you, the nerves were obviously a lot. <laughs> they were a lot when you. I remember that first outing. I, my knees were shaking so hard. I was like, I'm about to fall off the mound. <laughs> And then uh, as the freshman year was a cool one, too, because Tennessee baseball hadn't been to a regional in however many years it was. It was a long time. So even though we came up short in the regional, just seeing the the, the coolest part about that year was the older guys like the Garrett Stallings and a few other old guys that had hadn't made it to anything. And they never thought that really they honestly never thought they would. And that was kind of cool to see is like a regional for them, like meant the world. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, obviously that was the start of, you know, uh, your program just completely changing and continuing to just get bigger and bigger. But, you know, in that season, you know, since you brought it up and I was going to bring it up anyway, you know, your first save came against Florida. And I was initially going to ask you how that felt, you know, being Tennessee guy. But now I got to ask you how it felt being a guy who was a Florida fan. Yeah, um, I actually so long story short, my the day I committed to I was actually remember walking into my parents room and I was like hey dad like I think I'm about to commit to Tennessee and they kind of stayed out of it for the most part they let me make my own decisions and like at the end of the day I think if a parent's controlling what their kid's doing they're not really going to be happy so I think they did a great job of just letting me choose where I wanted to go and I remember walking in there and he was like I was like hey I think I'm going to commit to Tennessee and he was like are you sure and I was like I mean, yeah, and I, I was like, it, all the question marks hit my head of like, what's he about to say? And it was like, well, Florida's supposed to call an offer you tomorrow. And I was, and I was just like, uh, I'm sure. And then I ended up committing to Tennessee. And at that point I knew, like ever since that point, I've kind of had an edge just on Florida because they never really showed a lot of interest in me. So I, I kind of took that and just ran with it. Well, and we're obviously going to get into your whole career there. But, you know, obviously, like you said, it's the best thing that could have happened because, I mean, if you look at y'all's success, you're at the right place. Absolutely. Um, You know, and you talk about that season. So, you know, uh, Tony V gets the first 40 win season and y'all get the postseason uh, for the first time since 2005. Um, you know, so like you said, not only individual success, team success, like you said, the older guys, um, you know, and would you expect it, especially with, you know, where Tennessee was before you got there? Could you ever expect it to make a, a postseason run that first year? Um, I think I think it was a little bit of when you be when you're around coach coach B, uh, everything kind of feeds off of his energy. And it's like it's hard to feel that you're not going to be competitive or at least good when he's the man in charge, because everything he does is just ideally the coach you would as a player would dream to play for. So I think that kind of rubs off into all of us and gives us confidence. And once we got about halfway through the year, we were doing okay. And we, it was just kind of a thing of like, Hey, we can do this. And it kind of just, we all just fed off the same energy. So would you believe it if I told you that when he came on here and he may talk to you guys about this, but when we, when he came on in here and did his episode, 
Um, he talked about he used to not be that way. He used to be very timid and that he had to be told that he needed to be more outgoing. He needed to be more confident. Um, and so like you hear him say that and you see him now and you're like, really? But he wasn't always that way. And he actually had people that encouraged him to be more outgoing like he is now. So it, it's it's kind of wild, really. But I mean, obviously, it's worked out for the best. And he had mentors along the way, uh, obviously, that were big time that, um, you know, got him here. And, and now he's doing his own thing. Um, but, you know, 2020, you know, not much to talk about. Uh, you had injury, COVID, you know, just one of those years to forget. Um, but getting into the next year, 2021, you know, you made a career high, 23 appearances. You started three times, uh, went four and one again, uh, 2.82 ERA, two saves in 51 innings, uh, you know, had 46 strikeouts. So let's talk about that team. We sit here and talk about the culture shift. Um, you know, you're coming off COVID the year before that, though, you make the postseason. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about like how y'all develop that swagger. Um, into being the powerhouse that you are like like how did your team like I don't know kind of adopt that personality did it just kind of like it just happened game to game or you know how'd that all fall together yeah so I think it also that also kind of feeds off of V and he's he's really good at just as long as it's head like directed in the right direction and not the wrong of just being yourself and let everyone show their emotions let everyone kind of just be themselves without coming off like as not necessarily cocky but just disrespecting the game I guess you could say mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of feeds off of that and then the the COVID year actually I think 2021 was kind of just a continuing of the 2020 season because we started off that year with a bang going down to Red Rock and beating number one Texas Tech at the time mm -hmm. and that right and we were just on a roll there and then a lot of the team transferred over from that year to the 21 year mm -hmm. and we all were I remember going in the 2021 year kind of like last year and I was like hey we got a chance to be really really good yeah when you look at all the pieces that came in like the first Tennessee guys we had on were Chad Dallas uh, Connor Pavloni and Liam Spence and they you know they um, two out of three of them were transferred in and and they were a part of a whole bunch of pieces that were just brought into a team that already had a good foundation. And so it was like this just perfect storm that was made. And, you know, and to your point about like Tony V letting y'all be y'all, you know, he came on here and surprisingly, you know, he said he wasn't a fan of the fur coat, but he lets y'all do y'all. And so it's right. interesting. Everybody wants to blame Tony for, you know, everything that goes on with Tennessee baseball, but he said it himself. He's like, I'm going to let my guys be them as long as they don't do anything drastic. You know, you know, Mike Concho might've, might've did a little bit too much, but, <laughs> but, but Hey, I love, I love that I'm here for it, but not everybody is, but, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool seeing y'all, y'all have that y'all make baseball fun, man. Like, um, and it's, and it's a, you know, I always do the, uh, hashtag grow the game when I'm doing my posts and everything, because, uh, I don't think people do appreciate baseball for what it is. And Tennessee among a few other teams really the last couple of years have made baseball fun, made it exciting with the celebrations, um, you know, and for y'all um, it's not just home runs, but the pitching is electric because, you know, as you're one of them, like, I mean, it's, it's everything about it. And so, you know, starting with that 2021 year and what y'all did um, you know, so obviously the season's amazing. Um, Let's talk about the the regionals, right? So when we're talking about, you know, the swagger, 
I want to know from your perspective um, as a pitcher watching, uh, you know, Drew Gilbert's walk off. Like I, I've watched the TikTok of it. I'm not even a TikTok person. Like I hate it. I've watched that TikTok one million times of him okay. walking it off. Like, how cool though was it for you right there in person? Oh yeah, that that moment never gets old. I can watch it on repeat all day long, and I still get chills every time from it. Uh, just in person, that I remember sitting there, and it was like almost like you didn't know what to do. Like as soon as it happened, but it was a weird thing too because also everyone like felt the buildup of it about to happen, and like everyone was like. Every, I remember all of us talking and Doug like, hey, we're about to walk this off right here. And like everyone was just talking and talking. And then it happened and you just like almost blacked out. Like you just started like I don't even remember what I did. I just remember running around like everyone's yelling V's down there at the fence in the right field, head button, the cage. It was crazy. Like everything it was. It, everything that's what i need i need a camera of like every direction of everybody to see what they were doing because i'm sure everybody was doing their own thing just going electric that year that year also we had like i remember we walked off <laughs> we walked off lsu twice in the same day <laughs> yeah i'm an lsu fan don't don't forget that camden don't don't do that and no. I hesitated right there. I was like, oh, this one's going to hurt a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we've done it. We've done it with every Tennessee guy we've come on here. And honestly, like, uh, it's funny when we have the LSU guys on here. Uh, I'll use my boy Devin Fontenot as an example. Um, you can tell the uh, the bitter taste in your mouth when you bring up Tennessee. And so Tennessee guys love talking LSU. LSU guys do not like talking Tennessee at all. <laughs> but. Let's, yeah, let's, a, let's go ahead. It's a good. It's a good thing to have though, because it's like that inner, just that little like pe- the, the little like chippiness of it makes the game better. It really does. Right, and so let's get into that. That super regionals, you know, y'all had taken care of business in the regular season. Um, it's now the postseason, and LSU is this prestigious team. It is Paul Venary's last year. You know, just in the the back of y'all's mind, obviously y'all aren't afraid of anything at this point, but does the idea that it is LSU, they're going to be looking for revenge. They do have the prestige and it is their coach's last ride. Did, was there any thought that like, Hey, this team is going to be extremely tough to get by. Oh yeah. There was always a, it's, I guess it comes down to one of those things of like uh, respect your opponent, but don't give them too much respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, cause I remember there was a lot, there was a little bit of chatter to be totally honest of like, we've already beat this team three times. Now we got to beat them five to go. Mm-hmm. Like we're like five times in a year. Like, I don't care who it is. It's hard to beat a team five times in one year. Right. And so that was always that little bit of, Oh, this is his coach Maneri's last year. They're a really good team. We have to, we've already beat them three times. Like we have to beat them five now, two more times. And it was a little, there was a little bit of that talking going on, but at the end of the day, we, we believed in ourselves and just kind of let our plan do the talking. Well, and speaking of believing in y'all, obviously packed out Lindsey Nelson, even got more fans outside than you do. And so, you know, as a player, man, what does that mean just to have like all those fans there inside out, have that atmosphere? Like, I mean, the it's got to make the adrenaline even more. Oh, yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, the chills and the nerves all at the same time kind of feed off each other. And you just sit there and you're just like, especially for I consider myself an old guy now, but uh, especially for me, because my first year, there wasn't that many people in the stands. Mm-hmm. So now to see it packed out on midweeks and all every single game is just sold out and we're having to add seats to fit people in the stadium is really surreal to see. 
Yeah, that was one of the things that Randy had brought up in our episode with Vitello. Um, he talked about his dad mentioned in an article about the first time he came and watched Tony coach and how little of a crowd there was. Like, literally, you could count the people that were in the stadium. But that that's a shout-out to y'all and everything you did because, like I said, I was in there talking about how, you know, y'all made baseball fun and exciting. Uh, you know, and that's the thing, right? Y'all, y'all are the love or hate team, right? Either, either people love you or hate you, but no matter what, people are going to tune in, and and that's the best part. And so, with LSU, you know, it's kind of interesting dynamic because they've always kind of fell in that same category. I know that as a fan. You know, when you got six national championships, most people, you know, want, don't want you to win. And so here you got you got Tennessee, this team that, you know, kind of has got this villainous role to them. You got LSU. Well, nobody wants to see them win again. And so, and so it's, no matter what, they, they were getting one of them. But, you know, y'all punched the ticket to Omaha. As Randy said, y'all made Paul cry. Man, Shane, y'all going to do that to do that to my guy. But, uh, you know, you punch your ticket like how surreal was it, man? Like you're going to Omaha. Yeah, it was very surreal. Uh, it was just one of those, like, it was one of those moments where it's like, we did it, but, like, we felt like we deserved it, too. So it wasn't just like, a, oh, how did we do it? It was like, yeah, we did it. And then uh, that that <laughs> that party on the field, we the dog pile and everything was, it was just all surreal, walking around the field after winning and just high-fiving all the so fans. So since you came, uh, were you coming from the bullpen? Uh. I'm trying to think. No, I pitched the inning right before we got right. I pitched the eighth inning. Yeah, because we talk we talk about dog piles with uh, players all the time from different teams, and you never want to be on the bottom. And, and any of the guys that say they come from the bullpen, it's the best. So like we get to be there dead last. We just land on top. Right, right. Yeah, I remember. I do remember. I have pictures of. I somehow, I guess, I was I was somewhat on the bottom, and I have a I had a scar on my eye from just like the hat, my face being slammed in, and the hat was rubbing my face raw, and I had a scar. Yeah, Logan Tanner and Landon Sims came on here and talked about when they uh, when they wanted all this same year that we're talking about. Um, they, you know, Logan and Landon thought they were going to die on the bottom. Like they were like literally, it had to get to the point where they were like screaming, "Get off!" <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You get yeah, your skull Coach, crushed in. Coach V in one uh, one of his interviews or something along the lines of yeah i'm glad uh they call me bones that's my nickname and they said i'm glad bones didn't get the final out or we might not have had him eligible to pitch (laughs) no doubt so you know i was in omaha i watched unfortunately uh you know it didn't go well um but for you personally you know you did have a good outing against texas um you know not even allowing a hit and relief and so just getting to be on that stage you know obviously instead of just talking about how it just ended badly for the team just for you individually to to go out there um you know in uh Omaha and pitch you know a great uh, you know inning in two thirds against Texas what was that like yeah it was pretty cool and uh I think it's like a hopefully I'll hopefully do it again but um it's one of those moments that not a lot of people can say they've done as an athlete. So it's one of those, you just kind of take like pride in, I guess, of just like, that was a pretty cool experience. And I remember trying to think of, I remember just basically being out there and like, yeah, it's a bigger stage, but it's the same game. It's the Mm -hmm. same game. You're still facing the same teams you faced pretty majority of the whole year. And it's not anything different, just a bigger stage. But at the end of the day, the the game's the same. So you don't want to make it way bigger than it is, or that's when people tend to struggle. 
Well, I, I think it's uh, is bigger than it is because I was down there <laughs> by Chad and uh, Connor when they were warming up before Chad had pitched in game one. And uh, usually I can get their attention. And by they were so laser focused. I couldn't – he because Pavs, he messaged me after and he goes, was that you yelling at me? And I was like, yeah. He goes, man, he goes, my bad. He's like, I had tunnel vision. And, like, I've never – I watched them two dudes a bunch of times. I've never seen them so locked in. So there is a little something extra. Yeah, I think, I think it goes both ways because I think that was honestly one of our downfalls is we were so, like, so tense that we didn't enjoy the moment as much as we should have and just play ball. We were so focused on be perfect or, like, don't do anything wrong. And that's what kind of led to – it's a big factor in how we ended up finishing that season. Well, especially in the hitting aspect. Um, and, you know, we've had the guys on here, so I'm not saying anything that they don't admit themselves. I mean, you know, if you use cheese, for example, you know, one of the things we, we joke about with him was he had the most run support in all of college baseball as, as a starter. Like it was easy for him, but then you go to Omaha and he gives you five scoreless innings and Tennessee can't, you know, get anything on the board, which is just not like them. And so, yeah, you could tell at the plate, even especially that the guys were very wound tight and, you know, um, and it gets that way, but, uh, you know, getting to the next season, you know, y'all have a lot to build on, right? But the thing is, y'all are no longer the hunter. Y'all are the hunted. You know, everybody uh, knows who y'all are. Y'all have that swagger that we talk about this about you. So, like, for for you, what is it like? Um, did you enjoy going from being more of an underdog team to the team that, you know, people kind of hated? Yeah, Uh I feel like it's different. I feel like it's a little different just on how you view it, just because at when you're technically the underdog, like you're not very calm, to be honest. Like when you're when our first year, like we didn't expect to beat all the teams that we should have. And it was just like one of those things. It's like now, like we believe that we sh should win all the time. And it's like we we have that confidence and that just kind of swagger, I guess you can call it that it's like we want to have that target on our back because like it, it means something to us because it means like, Hey, people are trying to come after you, but you better not get them because you're going to, you better not let them get you because you're going to get caught. So it's one of those things of just like, you want us come on. And that's what yeah. the kind of the approach we take. Well, cause it was interesting because when Evan came back on with Drew beam, uh, I had listened to his original episode and he talked about how much he liked the underdog role. And so I flipped it on him and I said, man, I went back and listened. I said, you really said you enjoyed being the underdog, but you know, talking to you lately, you really enjoy this whole villain thing. And he was like, he's like, I like them both. He goes, but yeah, I do. like I do like being the one that everyone's after. And I mean, that obviously means you're at the top, if that's the case. So Right. Um, it's, it's not a bad place to be in, but, you know, speaking of this, hate, you know, going back to the Gators, you know, the, and this is one of the things where it references you is, is the Gator killer. You know, you tossed four and a third shutout innings and recorded three strikeouts in the win over Florida. Um, and then started the sec tournament championship game against Florida and was credited with your seventh win of the season, throwing five shutout innings. So like, that chip on the shoulder that you talked about, um, it's it's clear, Camden, because, I mean, against them, you don't allow anything. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a – I remember that SEC championship game and just, like, everyone was, like – because we didn't even know who we were starting because we had – you know how the SEC tournament is. You never – like, you use so many arms. It's like, who's just left, basically. And, fortunately, last year we have – we had a lot of quality arms, so it was, like, we didn't run into that problem too many too often, but 
I remember just texting. I was just like, please don't overthink this. Please don't overthink this. Just give me the ball. And I eventually just sent via text saying, give me the ball. And it worked. And I'm fortunate of that. <laughs> With the kind of guy he is, I think he would appreciate that. Like, oh, yeah. knowing he, that you're ready, let's go. Yeah, he, he kind of loves that type of stuff. So with all the fun that y'all had that season, I got to ask, and and I was at uh, two of these four, um, what was a more fun sweep at Vandy, at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, or at Florida? I was at the – obviously, because I live in North Mississippi, I was at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, the famous words of Dylan DeLucia, who is a guest of this show, they overlooked you guys. It wouldn't happen, <laughs> happen again. It, I was like, how do you overlook number five coming to your house? Um, but, you know, it's funny. And then Mississippi State didn't overlook y'all. They knew what it was, and they were on a bad year. But, you know, between those four teams, obviously Vandy's arrival, Florida's arrival, and then, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State having the stadiums they do, big crowds, you know, what was the most fun sweep for you? Oof. They they each have their own little flavor, but uh, I would say for me, for me, I think it's hard to go against Florida for me, just because of everything built up and how I grew up and all these different aspects. But as the team, like I, I think that Ole Miss was our, everyone's consensus number one because at that point you beat the number one team and just came in and kind of like took over that. I mean, from game one we took over that villain role, and I remember. Gilbert was talking to the fans and the <laughs> behind home play and just like they were all yelling at him in the dugout like it was crazy like and then we just all just like kind of fed off of that and we're like we're here let's go so like I'm an Ole Miss season ticket holder obviously you know I'm an LSU fan but when I go to all these games I wear different apparel of different teams you know because I as long as they're not playing LSU I, I, I root for folks and so at the Ole Miss game um you know Hayden Leatherwood from Ole Miss said did I did my eyes deceive me or did I see you sitting over there with the Tennessee crowd wearing Tennessee? I said, you did. And I said, I knew what I was doing. I said, no offense, Hayden, but I knew how that series was going to go, my guy. And I said, I was putting myself in the right position. So I was sitting over there with the Russells and them. And, and sure enough, fans were fans were leaving. You know, Chase Burns came on here and talked about it. They were leaving by the fourth inning. Like, yeah. y'all had them rolling out. I mean, it, it was an absolute beatdown. <laughs> Yeah, I remember sitting – I remember being in the dugout on Sunday and they're, the fans are asking us to take it easy on them, just let us get – let them get one win and, like, hearing that stuff just makes you kind of laugh. But they were – you know you know, it's a good weekend when you're on the road and you hear the home fans talking bad about their team. And that's when yeah. you know it's, it's a good weekend. But, you know, talking to those guys, you know, obviously uh, they needed that. They, they took multiple punches in the mouth and they would obviously eventually become national championship – but they needed a whooping like that because coming in there, they'll tell you themselves, they had developed an arrogance where they thought, you know, especially having that number one ranking against them. And then y'all come in there and do that. And it's like, okay, we got work to do. Um, right. So, so it was, it was good for them. But uh, you know, of all the places you pitch, you know, I talk about what was your favorite sweep. Um, and it doesn't even just have to necessarily be them. Uh, one of those four, what was the hardest, uh, you know, environment for you to pitch in for an away game? Oof. Um, <laughs> the the most for me the low key the hardest fish to pitch is like Kentucky because there's no one there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those poor guys. <laughs> yeah, it's and it turns out we ended up. I, I mean, we ended up losing the series of 
that weekend. We lost them and Notre Dame, and those are the two people that took a series from us. And yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Kentucky was the only one in the in the regular season. Yeah, so it's kind of ironic to say that, but yeah, I would say I would say Kentucky last year. I'm trying to think if there was any like specific ones that kind of stood out to me. Um, I didn't pitch very good at Mississippi State or Ole Miss, so um, that one. I'd like to forget about those two weekends. <laughs> I haven't I haven't looked at y'all's schedule entirely this year, but do y'all by chance go to Texas A&M? I, I'm not very familiar with it either. But yeah, I know, I know y'all go to LSU and Arkansas, but I was wondering yeah. – and the reason I ask is because uh, talking to numerous players, Texas A&M, they say um, for a pitcher is a tough environment. They say them fans are pretty ruthless. Right, yeah. I, I remember – I. I don't think we do because we played there two years ago and or my no yeah we played there two years ago and so I'm sure we wouldn't go back there again already this soon I got you I remember I remember Blade Tidwell was pitching though and they got up to like ball seven and that place was rocking (laughs) yeah uh you know y'all come up short in super regionals like you said um you know if Randy was here, he was, you know, documented on the show saying numerous times the only he literally said the only team going into postseason. So this is before we even knew how it was going to lay out. He said the only team I don't want to play is Notre Dame. And we had Jack Brannigan on. Um, you know, this was a team that had so many veterans. They had just played Mississippi State the season before in the Super Regionals at, uh, you know, the the largest crowd they'd ever had, you know, at Duty Noble. And so this was a team that was prepared and wouldn't be, you know, scared of playing you guys. Probably the only team that would honestly admit not being scared of playing you guys in your house. And so, uh, you know, he said that's the team he didn't want. I arrogantly was like, man, I'm not studying Notre Dame. Tennessee is going to take care of business. And obviously he ended up being right about his worries. I was wrong. Um, you know, so with y'all dominating all year, but then ending like that, not even making it to Omaha, like you said, you did the year before, you know, um, you know, how bad it taste did it leave in the mouth? Just knowing really, let's, let's keep it real. Like I understand that y'all didn't win, but anybody who doesn't say that y'all were the best team is lying to themselves. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, that was probably one of the worst, like, feelings I've went through. Uh, I remember not even being able to look at social media for a week or two. I didn't want to look at – I didn't want to follow baseball. I didn't care who won. I didn't care about anything because it just rubbed like this – made you just have this sick feeling in your stomach of, like, that should be us. and. It, I don't remember, I don't know how often a team has not made it to Omaha and had single-digit losses in a season. Well, so, do you believe in superstition? Because, you know, the I do because the whole – the number one team hasn't mm-hmm. made it to Omaha since 1999 is a, is a real thing. I actually – you know, I told you uh, – I messaged with Chase Dolander all the time. I told that man, you better make sure y'all are number two when this season <laughs> ends. Like, And he goes, he goes, no doubt, we'll throw the last series of the year and get swept yeah. if we got to. Yeah, no, that's funny you bring that up because I remember it was a thing of like we were talking about it, but it was like more of like the we're going to be the ones to break this like little curse. We're going to be the ones to do it. And sure enough, we did not do it. Because, you know, because you played them the year before, 
tell tell me, was Arkansas not the best team the year before? Like, I mean, undoubtedly, y'all know because they were the only team that could really beat y'all that year too. And I mean, they were absolutely electric. And then they fell short to NC State. It's the weirdest thing how, man, you could be the best team all year and then not even make it to Omaha. So, yeah, finish, finish number two this upcoming season. Um, it's actually it's actually funny. They uh, they asked us over at D1 and Spitting Seeds, they, they asked a lot of the big baseball podcasts, you know, to do their rankings. And so um, they asked me and Randy to do them together. And so we both showed each other our rankings, and he had LSU at one and I had Tennessee at one. And he goes, you ain't got LSU at one? I said, I want that number one. He goes, neither do I. I was like, well, too bad you got it. We did that. And so, anyway, I ended up getting my way. When we turned them in, Tennessee Tennessee was that number one. But that's just preseason, so it's all good. Right. right. So, you know, not as all, not all as lost last year. Obviously, you know, you'll do what you'll do on the field. But, you know, you get your bachelor's in sports management. Um, you even accepted a full-time job at Knoxville's American Accessories International. So, in your mind, was I mean, was baseball completely done? Yeah, I went through a tough stretch over like right after the season, and then I think honestly, just the way the season ended could have played a part in that. And I was just like, "Am I done?" Like all these questions pop in your head, and then it leads to, "Am I making the right decision?" What, and then it leads to, "What decision is even right?" And like all these different thoughts combine into your head, and your head starts going in circles, and so I accepted a job and I, I had really had no intention of playing baseball and it, we just somehow things came about and was basically started talking to coach V and a bunch of different uh, coaches along the way of just like, is it like, is this a possibility if I were to come back, like what would happen? Like, is it even possible? And then we kind of found ways to make things work and, now I'm doing working and playing. So it's, it's, it's a lot, but it's, it's surely an experience for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, you even said uh, when we were talking yesterday, so are you, are you back in school as well? Like doing classes? Yeah. So you're working, playing baseball and doing school. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's a, it's a packed day all the time, but it's, it's pretty rewarding in the end because you feel, you feel like you've, completed a lot that day or whatever it may be your task and you just it really makes you grow up really fast yeah no doubt I mean I, I couldn't handle those three uh I can't I can't believe you're doing all three because when you had said you were doing classes I was like well he's already got his degree so with that um what are you trying to achieve now uh academically on top of what you already got yes yeah, so now I'm just taking basically classes that kind of gain more knowledge about the job and just like retail classes and stuff like and different classes like that that I could use that knowledge to like kind of insert into the day-to-day -day activities that I do or the projects or different things like that yeah and I'm not really I'm not going for I mean if I think I think we're at the point now if a master's is like attainable or mm -hmm. reachable that like we'll we'll get it but if it's I'm not going to go out of my way to get that yeah, usually you need more than a year probably to get that. And so with this being exactly. the last year. So, you know, obviously you decide to come back. You know, we talk about the arms that you got, and we talk about, you know, Dolander, Burns, Beam, Halverson, you know, Kirby. I mean, I could just keep going. And when you add yourself into that mix, like, 
I mean, you really have to feel like, and obviously y'all got the bats to go with it, but I mean, when I just, I can't not focus on the arms that y'all got coming back. When, when you got pitcher of the year and freshman of the year, and then, you know, doing what you're doing out of the bullpen and you got all, all these guys, like it, it's hard not to think that, that that's not the focal point. And so with that, plus what y'all got, you know, come coming back and what y'all got through the transfer portal, you know, recruiting, you know, um, how excited are you that since you are doing this last ride to have what y'all have and, you know, what this season's got in store? Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, the, I think that it's a different, it's really different this year because we have more like transfers or young guys coming in than we have people that have been here for a while. So it's like blending everyone together and it's, it's kind of interesting to see how everyone goes, but I, I think we're going to be all right. <laughs> I mean, does it get more of an interesting blend than last year? You know, you had Dolander come in who was against y'all and it literally had Drew Gilbert bat flip on them and then their teammates, which he said, uh, you know, Drew let him know about that for like the whole fall <laughs> and spring leading into it. He said, every time I see him, he'd say he'd bring it up. And I was like, every time he's like, every time. Every so time. It, if the two of them, if the two of them can blend together, anybody can come in and blend together. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool to see everyone come together and it's kind of cool. The coolest part from my perspective is seeing everyone kind of like, you don't like, there's not a certain like swagger attitude that everyone has, but like, it kind of like everyone kind of has their own. And once they see how people use theirs, they kind of develop their own little attitude and swagger. And then it's kind of cool to see how even the younger guys develop that and just like grow confidence in their self. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, when we talk about this swagger, um, you know, the, the rule that the NCAA passed down, cause you know, they're no fun, um, you know, no <laughs> on-field props, does that really affect y'all? Because all you got to do is just wait till you get to the dugout, right? Like, you <laughs> right, right. still go with the hat and the and the coat. Of course, I hope y'all got a new coat because according to all your guys and especially coach, that thing um, was starting to have a must to it. it, uh, it yeah. yeah, they, they said it was starting to get tough. Uh, you know, Trey said, you know, so many dudes sweating in it. Like, it's, it's, it's rough. Yeah, I, think, I think I'm pretty nasty towards the end of the year, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> So, you know, um, obviously, I was just talking about Shaw and LSU, um, you know, all the, got all the hype already. Anybody who's already paying attention to college baseball, which there's a lot of people who are who are excited about college baseball, even with football going on, um, you know, are picking you two guys uh, or y'all two teams to, to go to Omaha. So um, what I really look forward to and uh, and we're going to be doing a lot of interviews and doing a lot of things down in Baton Rouge. So uh, to start of April. So I really look forward to that series. But. Uh, y'all also have Arkansas, um, you know, on deck uh, on, on the road with Baum Walker. So y'all got some exciting series coming up. But uh, SEC, it's going to be a grind as always. I know you saw the uh, the recruiting rankings, man. Uh, top four in the nation were were all in the SEC. Six of eight were from the SEC, and you got to play. I think just about every team that was on there. So um, it's not going to get any easier, and y'all are still going to have a target on you. Yeah, of course. Uh... I think I think we're looking forward to it to say the least to be honest. Yeah, no, I wouldn't expect anything le <laughs> less from you guys. But you know, with that man, let's play a game. Uh it's called this or that. Basically, I'll give you two options, you know, you pick one or the other. You can't say neither and you can't say both. All right. All right, so what's better, Kirby's mustache or Camden's hair flow? My hair flow. 
right. I was hoping you'd say that so I can then lead to this. Before Jordan Beck cut it off, who had better hair flow, you or Jordan? Oof. Uh, I'd say me just because I don't have – I, I don't consider mine a mullet. <laughs> it, it's your, and it's one of those things you don't realize until he takes his hat off and you're like, it is a mullet. <laughs> um, what were your first thoughts when you saw pictures of him with his hair cut off? Uh, I haven't even seen it with his hair off. I've just seen the skull cap. Man, it's, it's awkward. Like, it's like, the, is that the same guy? Or like, you kind of, you kind of have to think twice about it. I bet his hat doesn't, I, he used to, I swear he used to let his hat fall off on purpose just so I could let his hair flow when he was running to catch a fly ball. Well, it's funny until, until we had Chase Burns on here, I had never seen Chase without his hat on. And so, um, you know, a question that had was asked to me by a buddy of mine. He was like, why is his hat always like won't stay on his head, having trouble, whatever. And then I seen all that hair he had and I was like, Oh, okay. Well now we know. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know how much you've been paying attention. Some guys uh, watch MLB, some don't, but like for you, what's more impressive uh judge hitting 61 home runs last night or pull holes getting to 700. Oof. Yeah, that, that one's tough because I feel like I feel like in their own way, like hitting 61 in a season isn't very often. But also, 700 is like a milestone. Mm-hmm. That's just not like a one season type thing. So I would have to go with the 700 because that proves the like legacy of legacy of everything and the longevity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean they're both they're both awesome. And you know it's kind of funny. Uh, I was listening to them talk about it on the radio today, and they've been talking about it over the past week. They're talking about how um, these updates, whether it was Pujols before he hit 700 or Judge now, how they're breaking into, like, football games to show. And they're like, man, why are they breaking into football with with baseball? And it's like, I don't think that, you know, your your people who aren't big baseball fans understand how monumental – these things are, you know, 61 just doesn't happen every year. 700 just doesn't happen every year. And so it's a big deal. And and for a guy like me who likes both sports, I'm, I'm all for it. Break in. Let me see it. Uh, especially if you, if you happen to break in and he hits, you know, if he breaks in tonight and hits 62, man, I want to see it. Like, let's go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you do either of these, but mo- most of your, your teammates do. Usually it's all over Instagram, but you don't, you don't have any of these. But if you had uh, to choose one, hunting or fishing, which one is it? Fishing. And I, I, wouldn't, I would say neither if I could choose neither. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a country boy like the rest of them, huh? <laughs> nah, I, I've never actually been hunting. So uh, that one's just an easy no. And then fishing. Fishing's tough for me because I'm not very good on the whole patience aspect of everything. So if I'm not catching anything in 10 minutes, I'm out. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I've actually never been hunting myself. I actually do love fishing, but no, that's a surprise. Most of your teammates, man, they get all into it. Uh, I see the pictures, but that explains why I see no pictures of you doing it. Um, (laughs) So with that, um, you know, are you uh, a beach or a lake guy if you're going to go out on one? I... I would tend more to the lake. I like the beach, but I like I like the beach just for like going on vacation and like that whole aspect of it. But I feel like the lake, I feel like I find more things I enjoy to do on the lake. I, it's not only just more things you enjoy. You don't have to deal with the sand, man. That's that's the problem <laughs> with the beach. You got to get all the sand out. Like it's a pain. It's also not miserably hot majority of the time. Absolutely. 
So if you could go to any concert or any sporting event, what would you pick, concert or sporting event? Oof. I would – I'd have to go – I'd have to choose a Super Bowl. Oh, you said – well, I was going to get you to say sporting event, and then I was going to ask you which one, but yeah. now now you've answered Super Bowl. Uh, who's your team? Like, who do you want to see there? The, the Bucs are my team. The Tampa Bay Bucs are my oh, team. Oh, man. Yeah, I got I got a little so like I said, my family my grandparents actually live in Florida. They live in Orlando and they've they've been season ticket holders for probably before I was born. And so they kind of I kind of followed them with that and then I just ended up a Tampa Bay fan. I didn't really choose. I just kinda stuck with what my family liked. Uh, that, that hurts that might hurt just as bad as the as the Florida thing before the sun dropped and the the Saints jersey was behind me um I've actually so I grew up hating the Cowboys more than any other team well since Tom Brady has came to Tampa um you know as a Saints fan uh I probably hate them more than anybody I I can't stand Tom Brady I can't even stand that my boy Leonard Fournette's on the team and then that whole little that whole little scuffle that happened between Evans and Lattimore the other week. Oh, yeah, I can't stand that's, that. That's, yeah, Mike Evans is my Mike Evans is my guy. So I love every time he. Uh, he uh, I I would have. Hold on, hold on. Okay, since you since you're gonna say that, all right. So they brought up a stat: 168 snaps. Lattimore and Evans have been lined up against each other. Evans only has five catches, and that's because Lattimore is Evans' daddy, and that's why for the third time. You do realize your boy, every time he's hit Lattimore, it's been for behind. I'm just – I just want to point that out, you know. But if you, if you actually look at all the vid- – I, I can <laughs> – there's one where Lattimore shoves him after the play and they're face-to-face and Mike Evans punches him in the face and knocks his helmet off. I mean, so he's, got like se- he's got like seven inches on him. He, he should be able to, to swing on him. Well, he does. Yeah, he does. I'll tell you that. He does. But I'm, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed, man, Camden. You, you were my guy up until this. Now yeah. – Adding the Florida and the t- uh, the Tampa Bay, I don't care who brought it on you. Uh, <laughs> nah, so so we'll 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 really see now because if you answer this next question wrong, I don't know. Uh, this upcoming season, what would you prefer more? Beat LSU at the box or Arkansas at Bomb Walker? Uh, I would, if I have to choose, I would say beat Arkansas at Bomb Walker because my freshman year we were not able to do so. So that's something. That I think we're all kind of looking forward to and excited. That's a possibility. Yeah, no, that was the answer I would expect because of the history, and that's what we figured. But you know, because there is so much hype being put uh, around y'all and LSU, I didn't know if that one might be one that y'all have already been talking about because everybody else is. Um, so we talk about the villain role. We talk about the you know the underdog thing. Would you rather be the hero or would you rather be the villain? Tell you what, after these last few years, the villain role's been kind of pretty, <laughs> been fun to say the least. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing to where no matter if the team loves, like no matter if the different fans love you or hate you, they're still watching because it's like they want to see how you do. And that's kind of a cool thing to see is like last year, for example, even if you were a fan of another school, you would watch your team play and then you'd probably go and check and see what did Tennessee do. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty cool thing to see of like just being a part of that type of team that has that kind of impact on the sport. Yeah. Like I said, we've had like 15 of y'all on. And I think the only ones that said hero are 
I know Sean Hundley said it uh, in his first episode with Evan Russell, and I feel like uh, was it Drew Beam? Maybe Drew. I don't think Drew Beam like uh, he don't like being disliked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> All right, would you rather have massive success on accident or modest success on purpose? Hmm. Um, I'll put it to you this. I'll put it to you this way. This is the way we rephrase it sometimes. Would you rather be given, especially since you're a baseball player, would you rather just be given a hundred million dollars by someone? Uh, you know, no strings attached, or would you rather earn $20 million playing baseball? Uh, I think that, I think, oh, for me, for me, I'd take the $100 million. Uh, <laughs> it'd be t- hard for me to turn that down, but I think it also could lead into, like, if something happens on accident, like, it still happens. So, that's kind of the way I looked at it. Yeah, no doubt. And then this will be the last question. It's actually a question that uh, we retired this season, but since we asked all your teammates in the previous seasons, I'm curious to your answer. And so the the question is, would you rather do five years in prison or 10 years in a coma? Um. I would probably choose 10 years in a coma. I would not want to go to prison. <laughs> Five years seems like it would seem like 10 years in prison. It's it's definitely a no-win situation. Uh, yeah. I, I think of it when I when I put myself in you guys' shoes, uh, like, you know, you'll be in your 30s when you come out of the coma. So while it seems like the easy idea, like, I don't know, man, a lot of times pass, but yeah, there's no there's no win in that. And no. a lot of a lot of people don't want that prison life. So right. All right, well, that's enough of the hot seat, Camden. With that, uh, is there anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? Uh, yeah, just thank you for having me on here. It was a pleasure. Um, you do a great job, so thank you for the opportunity to be on here and do this. Uh, yeah, man, no problem. Well, for those of you who want to follow Camden, man, you can go to IG. It's Camden Sewell. It's just his name. It's very simple. If you want to follow the Vols, ball underscore baseball on Instagram, big things coming up this season. Like we said, uh, the expectation is championship or bust. But once again, man, Camden, we want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so if you like hearing Camden's story or you just like hearing Average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We will see everyone back next week for episode 18. We'll be talking Tennessee soccer with Mackenzie George. But in the meantime, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.